Welcome back to another episode of Long Lost Heroes podcast. We are in my apartment, AJ and I together. How you doing? I'm doing very well, man. Excited, pumped, thrilled. We we, uh, we just watched together the season eight, episode one premiere of Game of Thrones, and we are fresh out, like ten minutes out from it ending. So we are super fresh. We are fresh, we are ripe, we are ready to go. Uh, you know, this is what a fever pitch of culture oh my God. in the world right now. Uh, I got I got to tell you, I am so enthused that uh, the whole world is watching th- this show right now. It's all absorbing and in processing all the information we just took in. And we're here to hit you with our immediate After, after Thrones reaction and, you know, yeah. hope you enjoy. Yeah, I watched all of the... Basically, it's seasons three through seven, and I watched the the last episode this morning, and then we watched this awesome. Um, uh, you should do a shout out to yeah. So screen junkies, I mean, these guys are OGs. Oh, yeah. But like the cram it that they have up right now, it's fifty one minutes. But I'm telling you, it is worth it. If you yeah. are not, if you are a Game of Thrones enthusiast, and you want to have the easiest, most pain free way of recapping on what has happened so far. I'm telling you, this is a fun romp through every season of Game of Thrones. It'll take you about as long as it takes to watch one Why regular not, yeah. Game of Thrones episode, but you will be so caught up and so prepared for yeah. each of the storylines. It's so it's invaluable, I think. Yeah, and it, I think it's really for people that have watched it but maybe haven't seen an episode since like two years ago when it aired. Yeah, if you're just coming to Game of Thrones on episode one of season eight, you done goofed. Yeah, you got to start fresh in the beginning. I, I, I don't know what you're doing here, but uh, either way. Um, we, this is a great Kramit episode YouTube video. I we highly recommend it. I actually watched it twice today, so I spent two hours of today <laughs> uh, watching it, and I, I gotta say, I I enjoyed it both times. Yeah. So we we were really uh, refreshed. We knew everything going on, all the storylines leading into it, and we had a, a, a great feast leading up, and we had we popped some champagne for it because it's it's this is a. Uh, it's the beginning of the end of an era, really. It's it is it. it this is marks like uh, the beginning of the end of the greatest and most ambitious feat in all of premier television. Uh, I mean, The Sopranos was one thing. Yeah. Uh, you look at what they were able to do. You know, kind of stunt wise and and set piece wise in different shows that HBO has done before. Yeah, yeah. And other Dexter comes to mind. Other big premium networks. But I, this is unmatched in, yeah. in in TV history. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great, uh, you know, storytelling, like Breaking Bad, even where they have long arcs and everything. But this is just the, the quality level is of feature film. And, you know, basically for the rest of this season, we're going to be getting pretty much a movie every week. And it looked gorgeous tonight. Like it really, the the cinema, cinematic quality has really taken it up a level. Like the opening credits is totally revamped and it looks so amazing. It was great. Uh, I I really dug it. You know, something that, you know, Frank, I said to Frank earlier on when the credits were rolling is like, do they think we have time to decipher everything that's going on in here? And obviously they think yes. Yeah. Because there is, we, there's Easter eggs and things in here we, we're not going to cover tonight. So we're not going to dig down that deep, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, suffice it to say that this was a great episode of television. And if you haven't seen this episode, we're not going to do spoiler-free segments of this. There's really not. There's you no. Can't. There's no. There's no way to do that. Uh, please make sure you watch the episode before continuing yeah. with this podcast. And now, pretty much, uh, let's dig right in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think 
while we have all been gearing up for this, like they wanted to remind us that it's been a long time since the show's been on the air. That's true. And so, and a premiere as any probably premiere throughout the entire show, it's definitely a setup episode. Oh this yeah, it's like putting all the pieces in play. Everyone, you know, at the end of last season was crazy. The wall came down. You know, we had all these revelations with with Jon Snow's, uh, you know, true. Uh, parentage and everything and you know the 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 big meeting in in king's landing and uh so this episode is really the aftermath the immediate aftermath of that and like we have it starts with john snow and daenerys targaryen landing in winterfell so you know uh, throughout dinner frank and i were speaking you know slightly about because it also we got the uh rise of skywalker trailer on friday so we've been speaking about yeah. this that uh we'll get to that at a later <laughs> date uh that you know this that there's a little bit of uh, peanut butter in my chocolate there's a little star wars in game of thrones yeah you know whether you look at it from the way that the different stark children have kind of inha- inherited some aspect of a jedi power to uh you know the way that the men without bar- barriers have these fucking light flame swords like <laughs> i'm telling you the if you really want to look at it there, there's a lot of it yeah. going on and the biggest thing i think is the symmetry here right and right now it's that star wars rhymes you know something that we've been hearing since the very beginning when lucas brought out the prequels was that these movies are gonna kind of rhyme with each other and that the you know the first in the trilogy will have similar you know beats and experiences that will you know track throughout the series in order to kind of make it seem like one big cohesive story and this episode really feels and mirrors in so many ways the first episode of the first season of Game of Thrones. It's insane how many ways it, it, it does it. it. Like we were saying, like right off the bat, you've got like royalty coming up the road in, into Winterfell. You know, it's no longer summer. It is winter. We have, you know, different characters in play, but a lot of the same characters in play, which is kind of interesting and really cool um the the threat of the white walkers is still imminent like this image of i mean it's basically the way the episode ends with the burning of uh uh little umber the little little john r.i.p r.i.p that really the only true uh death i'd say in the episode i was calling i thought that we were going to get a major guy to die this week yeah i I think they're saving it for next week but the the symmetry of that spiral figuration uh that the night king put his body on with all these body parts is exactly a mirror image to what they did at the end of the first episode of the entire series with body parts in the snow so it's just like this ice and fire has been a part of it all along we know that well we know we know that but also you know danny and john ride in on the king's road you know we saw robert baratheon and cersei ride in with jamie on the king's lo- yeah, and the yeah. king's road with Tyrion, setting up all the characters you know there's a major you know discussion in the crypt about yeah. Lyanna in both episodes that is very you, you know there's oh there there's a ton here where i they 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 get us. They know where they're going in the next year or two, too. You know and yeah. what what saga they're going to continue. But I don't know. I I dug this episode as a setup episode. You know, it's interesting that you know th- a show like uh, Walking Dead. You know, we were talking about this also at dinner. Is 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 a little formulaic. You know, kind of what you're going to get. Yeah. There are formulas and structures to different Game of Thrones episode, and this was definitely a setup, you know, game board piece establishing episode. Let's put all the pieces back on the board. Let's see where everybody is. Let's check up on them. Yeah, it's a very talky-talky episode, which, like, 
for us is great because we know all the players, we know the pieces, and you know you have John coming back and with this revelation that he's bent the knee to Daenerys and and his entire house, including Sansa, is not really happy. About they his are decision. they're pissed. Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's really it's really a statement here. I, I you know it's interesting. You know we always get this reluctant leadership out of the Stark men that yeah. you know they're always these kind of guys who aren't necessarily the first people to you know volunteer to take on you know all the great honors and homages that you get from being the leader they're really more the reluctant leader in, in the times of struggle kind of guy in inverse to kind of how rob stark was if you kind yes. of think about it in that way but uh you know all the great leaders of the stark men also aria the stark family yeah the reluctant aspect to come to the power that they've established for themselves you know, it kind of comes from this in built-in humble experience that they have. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think what will really come to tell is like, now that John knows his, his, uh, his birthright, really, that the fact that he is not just, yeah. you know, uh, the king in the north, he, and then gave that away. It's, you know, he's the rightful king because he is Rhaegar's son and Lyanna's son and will like what will he do with this information? Is he going to go run off and and and, and not like I'm, I think it's it, early on in the in season one when he almost abandons the Night's Watch, right? Yeah, and he when he goes and runs away from the dinner in episode one to go talk to Benjen in the yep. in the hanging out in the middle of uh, Winterfell, right? But now like with this information of like oh actually you you are a Targaryen and you are the rightful king, like. Maybe he will step up. Maybe he's going to be a little bit less okay. of that reluctant hero. So let's dig in, backtrack a second. So uh, one of the key points, uh, probably the key point of this episode, the turning key of this episode, is that Sam, our main hero character, who is the book nerd of this whole fucking shit, representing all of us sweaties out there in the world. And arguably George R. R. Martin. And arguably George R. R. Martin, uh, you know, comes, is, is stopped by Bran, to be told that, you know, hey man, like we have to tell uh, Jon Snow what the fuck is up. And not only do we have to tell him, you have to tell him. Because yeah. Jon doesn't trust any other motherfucker in the whole wide world. Yeah, and like as much as, like Bran is not really Bran anymore. He's just no, Bran has di Bran has ascended to, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's left. He's like kind of like the architect of the Matrix in a little bit of a way. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to get information out of him, but it's not like good information. Yeah, and we have a reunion between Bran and John, and he's like, oh, you're, yeah, you're not the same. What happened to you? <laughs> like, I love uh, Sansa's kind of like look of like, yeah, yeah. fucking you deal with this <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, he's not a person. <laughs> so, he's just like a robot. So, uh, okay, so we've, you know, all of, all this whole episode kind of revolves around the fact that, uh, and this was done really well in the Screen Junkies video too, is explicitly stating, and explicitly stating it out there for the fans and everyone out there watching, that uh, John is a Targaryen, the rightful heir to the Iron Throne as of, you know, kind of the two corresponding pieces of evidence that they have here. The one piece is... Uh, the High Septum, and the other piece is Bran's green sight, which yeah. allows him to see backwards and forwards through time, through re the uh, Three-Eyed Raven, and his, you know, seeing of the vision of Lyanna Stark and, uh, you know, Ned Stark at at her death. Right, yeah. We, we, we've obviously, we've seen that last season where we see his birth and she says, you're Aegon Targaryen, and then and the whole annulment, and so that's why he's, like, not a bastard. He's not a sand um, because he's born in the South. But... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you said this in the middle of the episode, like, Sam 
is like basically because Daenerys killed Sam's father and brother. Like he, she kind of drove a wedge between Sam and John, and like yeah. this whole that whole scene was really hard because you see like Sam so emotional from everything he just learned, but also knowing that he has to break this news to him. And I mean, I, it's kind of on Jorah and. I mean, I know that we yeah. don't have the internet in, in, in Westeros, but I would say it's a little bit on Jorah and Danny to not take a fucking second. Yeah. And say, like, Sam who? Yeah. Who are we going to meet? And and say, like, or appreciate or approach it in some way that was, I think, a little could have been a little bit handled better. Right. And, like, when, when Jorah... From an HR standpoint, <laughs> that, that's not good. Yeah, like, from when Jorah was saved by Sam, did he know that he was a Tarly? I thought so. Like... I, I, I also I guess, kind of... Ugh, okay. Yeah, anyway. Um, so th- that that all happened. Um, and, we you know, we get other reunions. Oh, I mean, there's a huge set piece in this where we get John... This is before he learns his parentage, riding a dragon. Okay, flying yeah. Flying on Rhaegal. Basically, like, his, this is his birthright. His his father's name, like, was named, or this dragon was named after his father. And he's riding yeah, this yeah, dragon sure. before he even knows about it. And, like, I think we've always sort of assumed that, like, the dragon sensed that sort that dragon blood in in the people. And so he, he does this, and it's, it's awesome. It looks fantastic. It does look nice. It, it feels... Um... It feels very calm before the storm, my oh, friend. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, watching um, them both go around, and, and specifically the scene between Varys and Davos and Tyrion, where they're talking about old men yeah. and that how things don't last, and immediately you cut to Danny and John going on this beautiful dragon flight, you know, how to train your dragon <laughs> X-rated version. Uh, <laughs> listen, it's great. Uh, I, it just makes me It just makes me nervous because this show has taught me to be more cynical of my favorite characters. That maybe your favorite character, like, of this show, it's okay to root for the person that survives. And you want to watch kind of how they go through the struggle every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, in a more traditional narrative, like, we're, I'm pulling for Aragorn. Like, mm-hmm. I, could, I could give a fuck. Uh, you know, I mean, Gl- Gimli and Legolas, they're very funny. Like, they're, they're great bits. <laughs> but, like, ultimately, they're not as important to me as what happens to Strider and the fucking Return of the King. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, there's so many other players in this. Um, like we we get the so many reunions. We get yeah, Arya, good re- Arya and John. Arya and John with great reunion. Arya and Gendry. Arya and the Hound. Arya, um, the that whole sequence with the in the uh, foundry with Arya and the Hound and Gendry. Yeah, and they're making some pretty badass weapons. That's <laughs> going to come into play probably next episode, which is awesome. Um, then uh, Jamie Lannister showing up and you have earlier in the episode you have Bran say something like oh I'm waiting for an old friend or whatever he says it was and then Jamie shows up and it's like that that's how the episode ends where it's like yeah at the end of the first episode of this show I pushed you out a window and it's oh my god it's beautiful it's great it, it, and, uh, so I'm really excited to see how that kind of all plays out you know Jamie is it's weird because you start the see you start Game of Thrones and you fucking hate Jamie of course. And you grow to kind of love him in a way where he's he's so unlovable and he's so um, uh, unsympathetic as a character generally that to really grow with this guy that you kind of like love and, and really appreciate. And now we've seen him come full circle. We've seen him stripped of his 
his honor, his nobility, his mm-hmm. hand, mm-hmm. you know, his uh, his great ability to fight. Mm-hmm. And now we've watched him, you know, come all the way back around to the point where he's choosing the good over yeah. the safe and easy path as Vader did. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so, like, to me, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens between um, Jamie and Bran. Jamie and Bran and Tyrion. Um, uh, t- they, sure, th- th- there's there's so many players there in in Winterfell. And... But speaking on the on a kind of a Lannister note, uh, right before uh, some of the more revelatory scenes come about, uh, we have uh, Pycelle, right, who approaches or Kyburn. Kyburn. Ky- yeah, the other. Uh, we see Meister Kyburn approach Bran, having a very nice scene which oh braun braun gotcha, gotcha, braun gotcha. which harkens back to a very nice scene we haven't seen in game of thrones in a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> we and... were talking about that how we were surprised that they finally put the boobies back in because there are so many people watching tonight oh my god it was it wasn't and it wasn't just two boobies it was we got six boobies we got six boobs six and... boobies <laughs> a, it was a it was a it was a very nice uh full moon um so ultimately uh, this scene is exposed where uh, Kyburn is pretty much offering the uh, the uh, what are we calling this a crossbow to Bran that was u- or looks or was used to kill Tywin Lannister yeah. to go and kill the brothers yeah. of Cersei. So now Cersei has abandoned what I think is like all reason. Like she, if if she's really doing this, then she is really lost to the power of the throne in a way that Aerys. Targaryen yeah. is also a little bit mad kinging it up in this shit. Yeah, and like, you know, she she gets this army from uh, the Golden Company. Ha- Harry Strickland shows up and with with Euron Greyjoy and like, she's like, oh, how many people? Then, oh, some of them died and oh, no elephants. And it's like, I, you know, I think she thought that this thing was going to be her saving grace, but I think there's like some things going on here that maybe it, it really won't help her in the long run and then you have this whole sequence with her and Euron and you know obviously she says she's pregnant with Jamie's baby and then they they have sex and like who knows like really what's but going that, but, on but uh, I mean to me I mean we, we jumped right like passed over like the implications of yeah. Bronn going to kill like his two best buddies that we that I love and like I love Bronn and Tyrion and I love Bronn and Jamie like, yeah but it's fantastic. not gonna happen it's not gonna happen. Okay, but <sighs> Cersei, Cersei, I think this was her plan all along. Mm-hmm. To me, like this makes the most sense that she it does. It, once Jamie abandoned her and wasn't gonna stay and wasn't prepared to rule as the you know the Lannister bunch, um, mm-hmm. you know, to me, uh, she knew what, she knew what she was doing, and that you know it's easy to repel him, and he's gonna kind of want to come on to that. But that she kind of has to do this in order to set up the next line of people for her to rule. Yeah, she is the most cynical and uh, and proper player of this game. So like, you have to kind of look at her moves as like what's going on, and nowhere is that more expressed than when Tyrion and Sansa meet up again. Married people. Yeah, you know, and they have such a complicated relationship because you know since their their marriage. Sansa was uh, wed to Ramsay, and then he was murdered, and there's just so much going on. And, like, you know, is there, does their marriage still count? Who knows? Like, all the rules in the show are kind of being thrown out the window. Like, all the old Westeros, like, people, uh, you know, Cersei being, saying that she's going to be pregnant with, with Jamie's baby and telling the world that it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, that 
seems like it may not That's be the not case. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think people just in, in Westeros won't really care anymore. And, like, this is the first time people in Westeros in the north saw dragons. Like, everything is changing, and pretty soon all the White Walkers are going to be coming down. So, shit. Okay, um, and, okay, so the White Walkers. So we don't get a good... Um, you know, kind of a recap of kind of where they are as, as like a general overshot at all. We yeah. see what they do to the, Mr. Umber. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, you know, something that I loved about the, the this first episode is that when Danny and John come over and they're doing their hellos very similar to the first episode of Game of Thrones ever, yeah. that Bran turns to John and Danny. He's like, we don't have fucking time for this. Yeah. The wall is down. They yeah. have a, an ice dragon. They are coming for us. Yeah. Like, we have to fucking deal with this shit now. Well, and he's basically their internet. Like, this is, like, really important because if they didn't have him there, they would be blindsided. And, and you know, as yeah. an audience, we'd be waiting for them to find something out. And it, it, it really speeds things up in a really good way that, we know that they're coming, and now they know that they're coming, and they're going to be prepared, as prepared as they can be. And, you know, basically, we see at the end there with uh, uh, Tormund and Beric that it's like, shit, we missed them. The White Walkers are already past us. They're, they're past gone, the yeah. last hearth. They're in between us and Winterfell. So I don't, it's like, if they have horses, they're not going to be able to run past them. Are they going to be able to send a raven, or are they just still going to be kind of blindsided? Well, apparently there's a whole bunch of horses at uh, the at Night's Watch, but yeah. are they going to make it from Castle Black all the way down to Winterfell? That I, seems like a big risk. Yeah, I, I think that's a big risk, and you know they they could they could die on on the way if they're trying to outrun these guys. Okay, um, so this seemed to kind of set up what we both kind of agreed at the beginning of this episode was going to happen was yeah. that this was a. This is a put-it-the-pieces-on-the-table kind of an episode, but that next week we're going to be really diving deep and digging into what should be the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, and... and We could spend two episodes building up to it. Yeah, but I think since we only have six episodes and some of them are going to be extended... Do they have time to do that? No. No, no. I think next week is going to be a long one or, or the week after. I don't remember the exact... But it's whatever one is the long one is going to be a big battle against the White Walkers and... We may we're we're gonna lose people. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna win this battle yet. I think they have to stretch it out a little bit. I I agree with you. I you know there's also a few people who didn't really get any good screen time this week, which I would say would be Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. Uh, you also don't get to see. I mean, you get one scene with Varys, but like you don't get any interaction between you know what would be like the small council now. You know, so sure. we don't really see what the political machinations are right at this moment for uh, Daenerys and, and what kind of her plans are politically even at this point. You know, it seems like they're all in crisis mode, but at a certain point in crisis mode, you do have to kind of pull back and stop and take account and take stock of what you have. Yeah, and I think the, the big thing is like there's so many uh, big pieces still moving around with like, you know, the who's the rightful heir and the bending of the knee and all that stuff like the drama of the game of thrones is still being played when this threat is so imminent well and the the main reason of that is we know that uh cersei is absolutely not sending any kind of motherfucking army that's just not gonna happen no it's just jamie jamie shows up and is not aligned with her at all so like um he shows up and hopefully he gives them the warning that like look she's not sending an army like you think just like sansa knows cersei and says like 
I thought when she said it to Siri yeah. and that I thought you were the cleverest man in Westeros and it's like she kind of is suspecting that that she's not sending an army. Sansa to me seems like the most app and like and up on it player like of this episode. That yeah. like Cersei has now been she's kind of goofy now. She's a little corrupted in her brain. <laughs> that she's now gonna like go around being able to convince people that like Euron's baby looks like Jamie again. <laughs> uh, however, you know, Sansa has fucking seen Cersei. She's seen Littlefinger, Littlefinger. and she's seen the most evil Ramsay. And like yeah. now her kind of cynical view of the world, I think, is probably the most in line with where the temperature of the show is going to go. I think that she yeah. really, you know, it, it, it was funny, but she also makes a pretty decent point. What the fuck do dragons eat? And they're not fucking eating. They're not eating. They're going to start eating people. So, <laughs> in my opinion, like, she's still being realistic where I think that John is, John is in love. And we know that John can act a little bit recklessly when he's kind of in this kind of a state and mm-hmm. like we all do i mean that's just kind of it's kind of the rules of the road here yep. but at the same time uh we do need uh we do need the king in the north and that's something that sansa kind of hammered home so yeah. let's take stock let's just do one last recap of kind of where everyone's headed and uh yeah set you guys up for next week yeah next week i mean we, we basically like we said jamie just showed up to winterfell um all the starks are in winterfell daenerys and um and her whole squad with basically her two dragons, the Unsullied. Bran, Sam, Gilly, uh, you got all... all... Brienne of Tarth and Tyrion and Davos. D- Davos. They're all all there. We've got uh, and the Hound. Ooh. Tormund and, and Beric are kind of probably maybe going to get there by the end of the episode. Some I mean, let's... I mean, we can probably assume that those guys are faster than the White Walkers and the Whites, right? Like, are they... Yeah. I could see them showing up in the, in the battle, but with how many men? Heroically. Heroically, I don't, I don't know. In the battle, they'll show up and someone will sacrifice themselves. What if they show up dead in the next battle? Oh my god, that'd be crazy. Yeah, that could be. Um, that, that could happen. That could happen. And then um, Theon, so on, is uh, going up to, to fight with the Starks, and, and, uh, yeah. and uh, Yara is going back home because he rescued her. The emotional complexity of not saying too much to your sibling, I think, is really what they're trying to establish here with Yara and Theon. She punched him in the face as soon as he's freed her. <laughs> like, yeah. He he liberated her from what I assume was probably a really fucking struggle bus of a life for a while. Right, but like he totally fucked her over and didn't save her immediately. So that's why she did that. Yeah. And, uh, but whatever. Like they have a good moment and. Um, yeah, so he's coming up north. Euron like, just got laid. Euron just got laid, and there's an army, but they're just sitting pretty in King's Landing. I don't think they're going to be doing it much. I also, I, I kind of think that there has to be some truth to what he said at the the, the Grand Council. What, what do we call that? What was that meeting? Uh, which one? The meeting of all the major players of Game of Thrones with the White last year. Oh, like in the Dragon Pit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, Dragon Pit. The Dragon Pit. So, when they all met in the Dragon Pit, um, you know, when he was afraid, to me, that was a little bit real. There's a little bit of truth in there, even though, like, slowly afterwards, we realize he's not going home. He's going to get the army. But you're, you're not wrong. Like, if I, I don't think he's going to be super patient with Cersei. Like, no, I don't think so either. He doesn't have that kind of patience. And then... Just speaking real quickly about what the preview showed us, it looks like uh, Mr. Lannister here, Mr. Jamie Jamie. Lannister, is going to be put front and center in front of some of the people he's wronged the most. Yeah, I I, I see that, and I think there's going to be a good amount of drama there, but I think before too long... You need Jamie. You need Jamie. 
even if he can't fight with his good hand anymore, but... I think Tyrion will stick up for his brother one more time. Right. He's the only one... Like, he came up to help them. That's why he's there. Forget everything else in the past. They have this this alliance, and whether Cersei's going with it or not. I'm and, curious to see, like, what kind of mystical relevance uh, Jaime may have in the line of the Three-Eyed Raven and, Br- and Bran. Yeah. Like, why he's waiting to talk to him. Like, to me, that's interesting in and of itself that, like... Because Jamie, like, while he's, like, he's kind of a, he he, a peace mover. He set him on this path. Like, yeah. Jamie was integral in making sure that Bran became the Three-Eyed Raven. Right. So, like, there he has... woke up with green sight. So, like, isn't that interesting that, like, we're now going to see kind of Jamie reap what he sows in a way? Like, maybe that's what all of Game of Thrones is a little bit about, is, like, him kind of taking on some kind of, you know, long-lasting deformity or long-lasting problem because of still what he did yeah. 20 to 30 years ago. You know what I mean? And that and that's true of, like, all people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, and what you're referencing is when he killed the, the, the old king. The king slayer, right? when he killed the mad king, yes. Yeah, so, um, but we'll see. I think before too long, the White Walkers are going to be on them, and they, they're going to have to put their grievances aside, and they're going to have to fight. So I think that's where the next episode's heading. Um, we are going to recap every episode uh, and, you know, expect our episode dropping the day after or two days after airing. Um, so please, we're going to try. <laughs> we're going to try. Um, we also are going to cover Avengers Endgame. So keep an eye out for that. Two weeks for that. Um, and there may be a special episode where we talk about uh, the Star Wars Episode 9 Yeah, trailer. Star Wars Celebration just happened and there was a ton of stuff to talk about. So um, thank you so much for listening. Um, you know, we're Long Lost Heroes Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcasts. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, blah, 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 Stitcher. Blah, Stitcher. Everything. So um, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the show and of our recap. Um, please you know, give us any feedback and any theories that you might have. We will shout out to you next week. The night is dark and full of spoilers. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.